Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Science fiction, horror, fantasy, crime, LGBT, thriller. You have now entered the House of Mystery with your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino, John Copenhaver, and Al Warren. on FM Los Angeles. 102.3 FM Riverside. And 1050 AM Palm Springs. And we're back to the show. And uh, joining us is uh, Chris Rotowski. And uh, um, I want to thank you for being on the show. Uh, good to be here. Um, now, you have uh, quite a bit of history here in the uh, ufology. And. Uh, um, it's something that um, I'm new to on this show. We're just starting this series. Um, um, let's start with your story first, like where where you kind of um, came from and how you got into the research that you do with UFOs. Sure. Well, you know, I uh, I started uh, back in the '70s, actually being involved in the paranormal. Uh, started interested, uh, being interested first of all in UFOs because my interest in astronomy. You know, back. Back in the 70s, that was when uh, Apollo was still going to the moon in the very early part of that uh, decade. And uh, I was always fascinated. You know, I remember my mom sitting me down and showing me, you know, John Glenn on TV and stuff like that uh, in front of an old uh, black and white set. And I was always fascinated with the moon landing and that type of thing. And uh, always curious because uh, there was in the media all through that period stories about uh, people who had seen UFOs and perhaps aliens and is there life out there. And in the mid-70s, there was quite a flap of uh, UFOs in Manitoba, where, where I was living. And, uh, you know, people were seeing lots of UFOs all over the place. And I was thinking, well, that's, that's very interesting. And when I w- entered university, I went into astronomy. And in the astronomy department, uh, my professor was uh, getting a little annoyed because he was always getting these calls from people who said that they were seeing UFOs. And, of course, being a good astronomer, everybody knows that there's no such thing as uh, as UFOs, and people are just a little bit touched. Um, but uh, I thought, well, this is a good might be a good way for me to get in good with my profs. And I said, you know, I'll uh, take those calls for you because I'm hanging around the astronomy department all the time. You know, I'll, I'll take the calls for you, and that way you don't have to bother with them. And he said, okay, so every time a call came in, I uh, you know, was called over and I started talking with the people who were reporting UFOs. And the, the trouble is, even after a few reports, and I was speaking to some people, I realized they didn't sound as crazy as uh, my professor had, <laughs> had told me they were. Um, and of course, with all the media that was going on at the time around uh, North America with people seeing things, I thought, this is, this is actually more fascinating um, than uh, you know than, than I had thought. 
So I started actual investigation. I went out into the countryside to people's farms, and uh, they showed me where they had seen things, and uh, you know, it sort of um, you know, ricocheted all over the place. One one person said, "I I saw something," but my neighbor down the down the lane had seen something the night before, and and I soon found myself all over the province, and then I started ranging a little further afield into Saskatchewan and Ontario and to uh, the states even a little bit. Um, and soon I was being asked by people, well, what have you found out? I mean, all these calls that are coming into the uh, astronomy department, is there anything to them? So I remember giving a, a, a talk to uh, uh, my department uh, at the university uh, on UFOs, quite scientific, and uh, it sort of blossomed from there because uh, uh, more and more people heard. They asked me to write about it. I published some articles. And I soon got to be kind of uh, my, a rep <laughs> as uh, the UFO guy. But a funny thing happened along the way in that when I was talking with some people about UFOs, I would say, you know, had you seen any UFOs or you had anything unusual, uh, you know, occur over your, your farm or home? And they said, well, you know, I, I didn't see a UFO, but, you know, the funniest thing, I thought I saw my grandfather's ghost the other day. Or somebody would say, well, you know, there's been some lights appearing over the cemetery, you know, just about a mile away from my home. Or people would say, well, you know, I didn't see a, a UFO or an alien, but, you know, I'm sure I saw a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch just walking through the forest the other day. And then people, I remember speaking with a master angler uh, who had, you know, won many awards for fishing, and he said, you know, I saw something out on the lake that that you know could only have been some sort of lake monster, so I had soon had people coming to me with all different kinds of stories. So it wasn't just the UFOs, although certainly that's how it started. But I soon became more of a fortean, and that's the term for someone who studies all kinds of paranormal and unusual phenomena. Uh, so in fact, my first book, Unnatural History, was all about the unusual things that have been reported to me and historically that had been documented in Manitoba. Uh, and, you know, there were so many stories, I had to pick and choose which ones went in because everybody seemed to have a story. Uh, and over the years, uh, even though I tried to keep up with everything, um, I thought, well, I'm, I'm an astronomer, I'm going to focus on the UFOs, and, and so I have. But, you know, people still come to me with some of the other kinds of phenomena. I've gone on uh, to seances, I've gone on Sasquatch hunts, I've been out on lakes looking for lake monsters, but the uh, phenomenon that seems to, for me the, to be the most interesting uh, is the UFOs, because I think it says something about who we are and uh, our quest for identity in the universe. I mean, are, are there aliens? Are, is there, are there creatures like us out there somewhere, and what's our place in the universe? So I think it leads to more philosophical questions than, than other types of phenomena. Uh, and for me, I'm, I'm fascinated, not necessarily that these things are real. People say, well, you must believe that UFOs are real. And I say, well, what does that mean exactly? That, that aliens are real? That, that there really are spaceships? Or simply that there, there is a possibility of extraterrestrial life? And yes, I do believe, uh, like most astronomers, that there probably is life out there somewhere in the universe. Uh, I'm not convinced that they're coming here. Uh, the UFO reports that uh, are being uh, recorded are very puzzling, and we do an annual study every year of all the Canadian UFO reports uh, that are uh, submitted. Um, but none of those automatically prove that there are aliens. It simply says that there's a real phenomenon, and some of the cases are unexplained. And of that, I say maybe there's something more that, that science can, can do with this. Maybe there's some more research that can be done, and I encourage scientists to speak about it. So my role a liaison between the scientific community and the lay community about uh, UFO phenomena and certainly other types of phenomena as well. So it's an interesting position to be in, but uh, it does lead to some interesting discussions. I saw you at the uh, Western Canadian Paranormal uh, Conference, and uh, I was uh, really taken. You had uh, probably the best... Uh, um, uh, how do you say uh, interview or the best uh, speaking I saw in, in the two days? Uh, really interesting. Uh, well, you know, thank you, you very much. You know, you're doing uh, the Canadian UFO report. Um, is that every year? Yeah, that's the Canadian UFO survey. We we put it out every year. Uh, we've been doing it for this is our 26th year. 
uh, started back in the 80s. And uh, in fact, last year we did a 25-year retrospective analysis of all the Canadian UFO reports that have been recorded uh, since uh, the late 1980s. Uh, more than 15,000 UFO reports, uh, which is a, a vast number. <laughs> yeah. uh, and um, uh, of those, it doesn't mean that there's 15,000 alien spaceships. What it does mean is that uh, 15,000 reports, so a lot of the cases have been explained or or we think might have explanations like stars and planets and planes and, and whatnot. Um, but uh, there's still a residual number every year you know, let's say uh, a half dozen to a dozen every year uh, that are simply puzzling, that we, you know, don't have an easy explanation for. Um, but you can imagine even with, let's say, 10 a year, um, uh, over 25 years, that's, you know, a couple of hundred very interesting cases. Uh, and even if you were to just chop that in half or a quarter, look at only the, the best of those, um, there's some interesting reports uh, across Canada. So I think there's there's some interesting phenomena going on, whether it means that we're being invaded by Martians or Venusians or, or whoever, I don't know. But what it does say is that there's a real phenomenon uh, that is being recorded. And uh, I think scientists should spend some more time taking a look at it rather than dismissing it completely out of hand. Is there any case that really sticks out for you uh, that kind of um do you think about quite often that could be maybe something to it well you know um uh, there's a lot of cases that really, that really you know make me scratch my head and wonder what the heck's going on um in fact i'll go back even further than than that uh from the, the beginning of our survey 1967 a fellow was doing some amateur prospecting uh in uh, on the kind of close to the border between manitoba and ontario uh, in an area called uh, White Shell Provincial Park, specifically a place called uh, Falcon Lake. And uh, that area is actually very rich with veins of silver and quartz and, uh, you know, a lot of rare earths. Uh, it's part of the Canadian Shield. Kind of rugged. Um, it's not exactly mountainous like B.C., but it's, it's, it's rugged enough. Imagine the foothills uh, of Alberta uh, getting into the Rockies, kind of like that. Um, and... Uh, um, it's well-treed, uh, and it takes a little while to find your way through there. Well, back in 1967, he was doing some amateur prospecting, and uh, during the middle of the day, he uh, happened to notice two, you know, by you know any other way to describe it, flying saucers hanging in the air. And one came down and appeared to land on a, a flat rock not too far away from him, about maybe 100 feet. And he watched it for a while, and then... There were lights coming out of it and uh, some sounds and uh, uh, some voices that, that he thought he had heard. Um, well, he walked up to it and touched the side of it and uh, he burned his, his gloved hand. Uh, uh, and then the whole thing took off and with a blast of hot gas that set his clothes on fire and set fire uh, to some of the leaves and, and uh, pine needles uh, that were around him. Uh, and he, you know, was was very ill. Um, he managed to get back to uh, civilization. Was taken to a hospital where uh, he was uh, examined by physicians, uh, where they treated him for second and third degree burns. Uh, he was uh, very very ill. There's some suggestion that he had a, a lowered white blood cell count. He was taken to the Mayo Clinic uh, down in Rochester, uh, Minnesota where he was examined uh, in, in many ways. A psychiatrist said this is a guy who doesn't make up stories. Um, and there was radioactive uh, metal found at the scene um, by uh, researchers, and it was examined by uh, Atomic Energy of Canada, even. So, I mean, we have everything you could possibly want in a really good UFO case. You know, you know radiation, burned... Uh, parts on the ground, a fellow who was physically burned by something, uh, interesting accounts, and uh, uh, and it happened here in Canada. So you don't have to go to Roswell. Uh, there's strange things that have happened here in Canada too. Now, do you, what do you think that is? Like in the in the fact that um, there's so many strange things, like um, Roswell, and uh, but there's never any solid proof 
Well, you know, it depends what you want in terms of solid proof. Like I said, there's radioactive metal found at this place in Falcon Lake in 1967. Um, uh, actually, more than has ever been found in Roswell. Um, but what is it going to take to prove to scientists that, uh, you know, there's something worth studying? Uh, I don't know. I mean, everybody uh, in the scientific community has debated this. What does it take to prove alien visitation? And some have said, you, you know, give me a piece of metal that has a different chemical composition than Earth, um, something that uh, is witnessed from, you know, four different sides at the same time by four different witnesses and photographed and video recorded and, you know, uh, that, you know, where, you know, instrumented observation has taken place um, in, in very great detail. So there's a lot of things that uh, would have to take place before we can say that the aliens are definitely here. And the reason for that is it um, it's quite a remarkable thing that could be true. I mean, um, you know, if it's just not it's not you know proof of something trivial uh, to suggest that aliens really are here is probably the most significant revelation um, yeah, in hundreds and hundreds of years. Uh, so we want to make sure that there's no possible way of mistaking this before moving forward. Uh, and, you know, I've spoken with people who said, well, you know, I know the aliens are here because, you know, one came, a saucer came down in my backyard and, you know, a creature telepathically told me that the Earth is messed up in terms of its pollution and stuff like that and we should all love each other and the thing got back in its saucer and flew off. He says, that's proof enough for me. Well, it's not proof enough for me, maybe proof enough for that person. Um, I mean, I've talked to people, who, uh, many, many people who have some interesting contact stories. Um, and I've also talked to people who've had contact stories who have turned out to have had some mental illness. Does that negate the possibility at all? It, no, it just means that there's some interesting things going on. And I think we as a whole society... Um, have a have a need or a strong desire that uh, aliens really exist and uh, sometimes people will get a little too enthusiastic and sometimes the evidence just it doesn't cut it but there's some fascinating stuff going on and i think it's important that we cut through a lot of that to try and understand what's true and what isn't so now when you uh, wrote abductions and aliens what's really going on what do you think's really going on well, in terms of abductions, is uh, you know, there's no one explanation to cover all abductions accounts. Uh, accounts. I mean, uh, uh, some people say, well, they know that you know the the, the whites, the tall white aliens are from the Pleiades, and the the green ones are from here, and the blue ones are from here. Well, you know, that's that's just um, making things up. Um, what we can say is that I have had a number of people come to me with some very fascinating abduction stories that I can't easily explain. Uh, one that uh, really comes to mind was a case of a nurse who had come to me very privately, didn't want any publicity, didn't want her name in the paper, nothing. She says, you know, I don't know what to make of this, but maybe you can help me understand it. And she was very straight-laced, um, had been at her job for many years, working the night shift. And uh, it was in October. And she says that um, uh, she was living in a, uh, an apartment complex uh, where there were a lot of university students. Um, but she was working the night shift and, you know, didn't bother with them much because she was often coming home late in the middle of the night. Keeping to herself, she says she, you know, didn't watch... Star Trek and Star Wars. <laughs> uh, she wasn't really into science fiction at all. She really, you know, was just um, kept to herself and uh, her job. And that one night she came home around two or three in the morning, and uh, uh, she walked into her apartment, locked the door, went into her bedroom, started getting ready for bed. Uh, had not actually changed yet, uh, and she heard a thump outside her, her bedroom. And she thought, well, you know, I've been having some trouble with some of these university students. Um, 
over the past couple of months. I'll bet you know they're just out, you know causing trouble in the holidays or the, uh, in the hallways. They're getting drunk or something. She she went out thinking that she was going to yell at some university students, and there in her living room were what she described as two small creatures, and they were all dressed in white with very round heads with two eyes set in the middle of their round heads and wearing long flowing robes. And her first reaction instinctively was to yell at what she thought were university students pulling a prank before Halloween. And she yelled at them and said, get out of my apartment, you good for nothing. Um, she may have used stronger words than that, you yeah. have to understand. <laughs> um, um, and these two creatures stared at her with these eyes and then looked at each other and then stared back at her. And she realized, hey, these aren't university students at all. And all of a sudden, she felt telepathic words coming to her, like, you know, don't be afraid. We're here just to say hello, um, you know, trying to understand your planet. And then she felt one of them say, would you like to come and see what your planet looks like from space? And she said, well, sure, I suppose. Well, the next thing you know, she's somewhere else. She's in a large hangar, for lack of a better word. Uh, with one creature ahead of her and one creature behind her, and they're walking through this big hangar, and there's various kinds of craft and ships um, all around. And they lead her into this one that's shaped like a long cigar with portholes, and there's a door, and it's like a fuselage of a plane with no wings. And they lead her up a, a gangplank into it, down the main hallway to the front, where there's a big view screen like Star Trek, um, and there's uh, panels and chairs, and she sits between the two of them. Uh, these creatures manipulate some of the buttons and dials with their hands uh, with, that looked like little mittens. And the screen changed from a star field to where she could see the Earth. And the next thing she knows, she's sitting on her bed on the side away from the door that she usually comes in on, her clothes are still on. The bed is not made, uh, has not been disturbed, and it's three hours later. And she, you know, says, you know, I. She was telling me, I, you know, I didn't have any anchovy pizzas on my way home from work. I wasn't doing drugs. Didn't stop off for a drink. I don't know what this was, and I don't really have vivid dreams. Can you help me understand what happened? And my answer was to her. I have no idea. Hmm. I mean, she's a you know a person who's very serious, down to earth. You know, pardon the pun, considering. Yeah. And she, you know, she just wanted me to you know to help her understand what was happening. And I said, you know, I I have no idea unless it's all from your mind, uh, because there wasn't any physical evidence uh, left. Um, I, I have no idea what it, what you experienced. And I get these cases from time to time. And what do you do with them? Are, are they proof that aliens are visiting us? Well, no. Are they proof that, you know, there's interdimensional warps and wormholes and, you know, consciousness shifting episodes? Well, no. What it does say is that people are experiencing some very unusual things. And I think that it's probable that uh, some... Uh, you know, some scientists need to take a better and, and more serious look at the phenomenon since it's happening to so many people. I don't think you can just dismiss these things out of hand anymore and say that people are just making it up. Uh, there's some interesting phenomena occurring. Why it's occurring, I don't know. So what's the... Um, now, do you survey what the beliefs are in, in society in general? Like, uh, what do you think people feel about UFOs, if they believe they're real or not? Is there a certain number that say yes? Well, that's an interesting question, um, because we actually have conducted a survey. Uh, we're thinking of trying another one. When I say we, um, there's only myself and a few colleagues here in Manitoba, but I, we're connected with um, other individuals uh, like ourselves throughout Canada, including in BC, of course, some people associated with uh, um, uh, the Vancouver Paranormal uh, Society and uh, some people uh, associated with some other groups. There's a group called UFO BC based in BC and then so forth right across the country. We've actually conducted a survey 
uh, where we've gone into a public area and asked people some simple questions, very similar to what Gallup polls uh, and decimal polls uh, have been doing uh, throughout North America for many years. But when you ask people... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Do you think you've seen a UFO? 10% of the population believe they have. In other words, 10% of all Canadians, and this has been done in the States too with the same result, 10% of people in the United States believe they've seen UFOs. That's a significant number uh, of people. Um, so 10% of the Canadian population is about 3.5 million. Uh, in uh, the United States, it's about 35 to 40 million. Uh, that's a lot of people. Uh, we've also asked the question, do you believe that the government is hiding evidence or covering up evidence of UFOs? When you ask that question, uh, it's interesting the population is very, very much believing in this. It's, uh, it can vary between 25 to 50 percent of the population believe that the government is hiding something. Now, that's not hard to imagine because I think uh, there's a, a general distrust of government right now across the globe anyways. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of things that the government is keeping from the general population, not just with UFOs, but in all aspects, because that's you know, a uh, need-to-know basis is, is something that occurs in all governments and all facts, uh, facets of life. So keeping stuff about UFOs from the public, that's a very, fairly safe bet. Now, are they keeping the reality that aliens are here from the public? I don't know. Are they keeping, you know, interesting UFO cases, maybe UFOs seen by senators or politicians or so forth, maybe, or, or military observers, maybe that's what the, what's being kept. Um, the other interesting statistic is when you ask people who have seen a UFO, if they've reported it, only about one in ten say they have actually reported it. So it's something 
that uh, people tend not to talk about, and that's because there still is this reluctance to admit that, you know, yes, I've seen a UFO, but I don't want people to think I'm crazy. Uh, and yet, the reality is 10% of the population covers a wide swath of demographics. In fact, uh, we have reports from airline pilots, air traffic controllers, military personnel, doctors, lawyers, butchers, bakers, candlestick makers, and so forth, um, across the entire population, people who have good observing capabilities and reputations for telling the truth and being very good about what they're, they're observing. Um, and yet we have these cases. So, um, you know, even though people are hesitant to report their UFO experiences, more and more are. As a matter of fact, the number of UFO reports that are being filed and recorded every year has been increasing almost constantly since uh, we began the studies in the late 1980s. Now, there's a couple of factors there. Uh, certainly part of it is that it's easier to report UFOs now. Back in the 80s, the Internet was still relatively young. Um, people were still reporting things by telephone or by letter or telex even. Um, but over the past 25 years, uh, people have been you know, using the Internet more. There's a number of websites where you can simply fill out an electronic form and report your UFO. So it's much easier to report your UFOs now. Also, um, the X-Files TV show and uh, other television shows where aliens are commonplace, um, those things manifested uh, you know, from the 1980s onwards. So uh, you know, the public is certainly more aware uh, and more used to the idea of aliens being out there. Um, and I think there is, the reluctance is slowly being eroded uh, so I think we'll see more and more uh, reports being recorded and, um, you know, people hearing about them a little bit more. The other side of that, though, is that the media are completely bored with UFOs. It used to be that sometimes UFO reports made the front page news in some newspapers. Uh, they would be on telecasts for the news. And yet, even though the numbers of reports are going up, it's quite rare for a UFO sighting to make the, uh, the popular TV or radio or newspaper news because people can go to the movies or turn on TV any night and see programs about UFOs. Um, there's a lot of popular um, you know, reality TV series, uh, Ancient Aliens, uh, uh, UFO Hunters, Hangar One, uh, a lot of TV programs about UFOs. So it's not at all um, surprising that uh, you know it's not making the news because it's already on television. In fact, you have to make a, a big effort to uh, to find new stuff, and, and a lot of speculation is is out there now, um, encouraging people that the aliens really are here, and yet the the good scientific research and documentation is simply not there, and that's a a big problem. Yeah, and that brings me. So, are, have we got some years that um, have peaked in uh, reports, or some every year is it about the same, or just a little bit of growth? Uh, no, I mean the it's been a fairly steady growth. However, um, twenty twelve, yes, twenty twelve was the all time peak in UFO reports in Canada. That year, there were more than two thousand UFO reports filed across the country. Um, and, you know, that's like five or six a day. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, and since then, we've been hovering around 1,000, uh, a little over 1,000. In fact, last year, 2014, there were, uh, um, I think, uh, about uh, 1,200 reports, something like that. So, uh, you know, there's a, uh, there's a lot of cases out there. Um, and people don't realize that most of the cases are simply lights in the sky. There are very, very few are like the spaceships uh, uh, that people can visualize, and very, very few involve uh, creatures or aliens or entities in any way. Uh, it's simply lights in the sky sprinkled here and there with a few more interesting reports. Um, uh, certainly television tends to dramatize things a lot more. 
Yeah. Well, who? Okay. So when someone sees a UFO or they see lights or they see something and they're not sure what's going on, who is it that they actually report to, and what what gets done by whoever they report to? Well, that's a good question. Um, uh, UFO reports can be filed with a number of organizations. Uh, some people, I mean, it used to be that you would file them or report them to the uh, National Research Council, and sometimes people report them to the police, RCMP. Um, sometimes uh, people would, uh, you know, report them to UFO organizations, planetariums, universities, you know, pretty well anywhere. Uh, the National Research Council of Canada had an arrangement with the RCMP for many years uh, involving, uh, you know, uh, that if somebody reported something to the NRC, uh, that they would get the RCMP to investigate. That was halted around 1995 or so. Um, and, you know, the government officially has no interest in UFOs, so they don't really uh, have a mandate to investigate anymore. So the investigation, unfortunately, is left to a lot of um, civilian groups, amateur groups, people who uh, don't necessarily have backgrounds in science and scientific methodology, but they're just fascinated with the subject. And, uh, you know, at least in that sense, people are, are uh, taking some interest. Um, and a lot of the groups have online uh, reporting forms, like I was mentioning, UFOBC is an online reporting method. In fact, you can go to their site, uh, ufobc.com, and uh, look at uh, all the cases that they have, and they get quite a few reports every year. Uh, so there are many, many ways in which people can report, but the problem is very little investigation is done. And by that I mean, you know, somebody reports something, well, um, depending on the resources, I mean, if somebody um, was to see something, let's say, in, um, oh, Golden uh, in B.C. Well, there's probably no UFO investigator in Golden. Um, you know, let's say most of them are based in Vancouver. Well, to make the trip all the way to Golden to investigate in person so that the witness can say, well, I saw it right over that mountain over there pointing at it. Um, and it was at this time, <clears throat> excuse me, and... Um, there were, you know, 10 other people uh, who were watching it with me and it wasn't a plane and so forth. But you kind of need to be in that spot to personally investigate and you might want to talk to the other witnesses in the area. That's a, that's a true investigation. And that is only done in a small fraction of cases. Uh, I would say maybe, you know, less than 5%, maybe 2 or 3% where... Uh, investigators actually talk to the witness in person, visit the site, maybe there's something to see uh, at the area, follow it up, uh, that type of thing. Uh, and for that reason, it's very uh, difficult to get good information about what people are really experiencing. So even though we have 2,000 cases from 2012 uh, across Canada, only a small fraction of those are actually well investigated. We can say for, you know, for any... Uh, uh, amount beyond doubt that something very, very mysterious happened. Um, a lot of what you're hearing about UFOs is strictly um, speculation, um, and uh, uh, the magazines and websites are really just, you know, taking advantage of people who really, really, really want to believe. Yeah. So really, nothing is being done um, of any any significance, really. I'd have to say, though, so. yeah, there's uh, not very much research. I mean, our, our studies of the UFOs in Canada, uh, you know, there's uh, only a few other countries around the world that do anything very similar. There's some talk right now of having a, an organized, instrumented study of the night sky uh, by a number of UFO groups where everybody would look, you know, use uh, cameras and GoPros and whatever else they have at their disposal, disposal um, to take a look at the night sky uh, at the same time and try and you know, detect something that might be flying over. Um, but uh, that's still in its infancy, and you can just imagine the logistical problems there would be about getting everybody to, to be looking at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So, so what do you think um, someone should actually do? Um, if, if someone is to find or see something that uh, 
is strange. Do, is there something you suggest for them to do? Actually, should they go to the RCMP or should they go to a s certain group? Or yeah, yeah I'd say in BC definitely uh, contact UFO BC. They seem to be the main group that's uh, that's doing anything. I mean, they're they're maintaining the website. They have a good historical analysis, and they have some good people. Uh, because it is still important for us to hear about the uh, UFO cases. So if it goes to UFO BC or most other groups, we'll get them. And then we can put them into perspective by comparing. You know, if there's something that was seen in Golden, well, maybe something was seen the same night in Seashelt or um, you know, up in Fort Nelson or, or something like that. So we can compare it with uh, other cases around Canada, compare the characteristics, and there might be some interesting data uh, uh, that can be teased out of that, uh, because there is a real phenomenon, but we need people's reports, we need people to make good observations, and we need people to make the bold step of actually telling somebody else about it. Yeah. yeah now, is Canada any different than other countries that that kind of research this or follow up on reports like the U.S.? or? Um, Europe or anything like that? Do we have more or less, or is it all kind of around the same? Um, interestingly enough, um, in terms of studies, Canada is actually ahead of most countries. There's a, a group called the National UFO Reporting Center um, in the United States, which is actually based in Washington State, um, where a lot of UFO reports go. In fact, they receive you know, 10, 10 or 20 times as many uh, uh, cases every year than we do. Uh, but it's based on population. In other words, if there's a greater population, there will be more UFO reports generated. So that's not surprising. Um, and in terms of other countries, as I mentioned, there's a few other countries that have something similar. Um, France, uh, Italy, uh, one of the Scandinavian countries maybe, uh, that, that are doing a little bit more in terms of uh, analyzing the reports. But um, Canada is actually one at the forefront uh, of studying the, the UFO phenomenon. And uh, there are reports from all countries. In fact, one of my books, The World UFO Report, sorry, A World of UFOs, um, uh, actually uh, goes through every continent. And yes, even Antarctica, where, where there were uh, UFOs reported. So. And, you know, it gives a global perspective. Reports from Africa, from Asia, from Australia, all literally around the world, to show that it really is a global phenomenon. Hmm. And and we're getting abductions everywhere as well. Yeah, there's no question. Abductions are being reported from everywhere. Um, again, uh, the, the problem is uh, no one's studying abductions with as much rigor as necessary. Uh, there's a lot of controversy right now uh, that you know, people are using hypnosis without uh, really understanding the clinical diagnosis involved. Um, uh, there's not as many uh, psychologists who are actually studying uh, abductions in any great detail. It's usually, you know, somebody who, you know, has been to, to a therapy course and, or a certificate from some small college and, you know, may not have the necessary background. And they may themselves have been abducted or believe they've been abducted and have a vested interest in other people talking about alien abduction. So uh, it's a field where, uh, in some cases, the blind are leading the blind, or conversely, uh, we're preaching to the converted. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what's your overall assessment of the whole uh, UFO? I don't know. I don't want to call it an industry, but <laughs> well, it is an industry in, in many ways because you know there's a lot of conferences, uh, there are tours of individuals across Canada uh, talking about. Uh, you know, uh, insight into the consciousness raising by the aliens and how the government's covering everything up. And, you know, it's all sheer speculation and making some people very, very wealthy. Um, and uh, so there, there is an industry behind it. However, there is a u real UFO phenomenon, and I think people have to understand that, that, um, uh, that uh, there are cases that can't be explained. There are cases which are curious, but there's not enough effort on the part of serious researchers to examine the data and examine the cases in enough detail. So if anything, we're, you know, we're still uh, lagging behind. Um, you know, maybe we're at the stage uh, of continental drift uh, where uh, you know, it was suggested for many years by a lot of amateur researchers, uh, but not enough scientists were taking the concept seriously. 
Until now, it's commonplace and accepted that continental drift has occurred uh, and uh, on a geologic time scale. But for many years, it was simply rejected out of hand. It was rejected out of hand that you know rocks could fall from the sky. And it was many, many hundreds of years before it was accepted that meteorites exist and can exist in outer space and fall to the ground. So uh, I, I think we're still in some early stages, despite the fact we seem to be you know, uh, an advanced uh, state of uh, scientific understanding right now. And where do you see it going now in the future? I mean, I, I've noticed a lot of, um, and we've had some interviews with people like Rob Shelsky, who's written books about the moon being hollow and um, <laughs> and aliens being in there, and uh, they're mm -hmm. sort of using us and stuff like that. Um, what's your thought on that, sort of? And we're, we're, like, Well, we're, I would... Go ahead. I'm just saying, I would say caveat emptor. I mean, uh, it, it, you know, if you if you believe that, that aliens are here, you know, that's fine. But, you know, you have to understand that the, the proof is, is in the pudding, that we still don't have uh, proof, absolute proof that, that aliens are here. And, uh, you, know, um, you know, I could claim that, you know, there's aliens... Uh, uh, you know, living in my basement, but without the proof, I, I just, you know, I can't, uh, I can't make those claims uh, stick, really. Um, I think the future of ufology is, is that um, uh, there will be a shift in thinking, um, and I'm, I'm not talking about disclosure or anything like that, uh, because I don't think that's going to occur, but I, I think there will be a shift in thinking that people will want something more than, uh, you know, some outlandish claims about being taken to planets and aliens downloading, you know, uh, equations to one's mind and, and that type of thing. I think people are going to be wanting something a little bit more. The public is going to be, um, you know, wanting something beyond what they can see uh, in the next Hollywood blockbuster movie. They're going to want something substantial in it. And if that's not there, then I hope people will be, uh, you know, demanding uh, a little more uh, credul credible evidence and discussion. Yeah. So no more probing. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Yeah. And and so, what's your opinion of things like Area Fifty One? Is that just built on over the years of myth, and um, or is there something to it? Well, I mean, there's no question that, that Area 51 existed. I think that, it's, uh, you know, again, there's some, some speculation that's been shifted uh, around because people, you know, <laughs> believe it's really there. I mean, there's uh, probably a lot of interesting things that are being experimented on uh, at a very high level of classification. Uh, so there will be places uh, on air bases that uh, will have, you know, uh, stealth bomber technology and things several levels beyond the stealth technology. Um, but look at it this way. If I was a, a military strategist, I would want people to think that uh, UFOs existed because if I'm flying my, you know, super secret new, new generation stealth aircraft that can hover silently over housetops, uh, I can test it out right over Chicago and people won't believe it because they'll say it's a UFO and nobody believes in UFOs. So it's actually, we, we would be in my best interest to, to prolong the belief that aliens and UFOs were here, even if they weren't. So uh, I, I suspect that, uh, you know, some of the secrets in Area 51 uh, um, are really, uh, that there's some, you know, terrestrial technology that needs hiding. I don't think that there are, um, you know, tall white aliens living in underground bases uh, in, in uh, New Mexico or Nevada. I think that uh, uh, there's some wonderful stories that are coming out, um, but I think that uh, the military might actually be using this as a cover for some of its own terrestrial studies. Yeah. And uh, where do you see yourself going now? What, what's, what's next for you? Well, I think there's still many, many interesting cases. I mean, I continually find interesting cases simply by going through government files um, uh, of, uh, you know, military personnel who have been seeing uh, strange craft and, uh, uh, you know, things uh, with uh, landing marks. And uh, I actually was doing some studies with some individuals trying to understand, uh, you know, people claim that radiation is sometimes found with with UFOs. Well, why? I mean, why would a, 
uh, spacecraft that travels you know all all the way across the galaxy you know start leaking radiation once you set it onto the ground it doesn't make any sense in terms of propulsion so uh, some of these basic questions have to be explored and then going back and looking at what we already have is one way of understanding a way to move forward well great now um, let's give your information for anybody if they want to get a hold of you sure um, uh, if you want to make a UFO report uh, that will get to us, uh, the email address is Canadian UFO Report, all one word, Canadian UFO Report, at hotmail.com. And uh, you can go to my blog, which is uforum, uforum.blogspot.com. And uh, I have you know discussions on some interesting recent cases and, and uh, what's currently going on. And you can find me on uh, on Twitter at uh, ufology research. So. Um, uh, it's uh, uh, oh, and my books, of course. Yes. Uh, I have I have nine books out about UFOs and related phenomena. Easiest way to check out Amazon, and uh, you can track them down that way. That's fantastic. Well, and by all means, yeah. and by all means, send a rep- UFO report to Al because uh, <laughs> uh, he's more than willing to to hear from you, and uh, he can give you some perspective and shoot it over to me eventually. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll pass it on. Um, Absolutely. I don't, I, I don't know how much perspective I can give, but uh, <laughs> I'll pass it on. You know? Good. Well, thank you very much for taking the time. No problem. Thanks. It's been nice talking with you. Show is over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. I'll be back. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.